Hi, this is Andrew Kreisberg, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by John M. Wilson to shine a character spotlight on the DC Comics character, Rain. Welcome back to Supergirl Radio, John. Yay, thank you for having me back. It's always fun to be on one of my favorite shows. Well, we always like having you on because you bring some knowledge about these characters to us uh, listeners. If if you remember back uh, last season, John came on to talk about Lena Luthor and just blew our minds about some of the, the powers that she had. Uh, so that was a really fun discussion. So I'm excited to talk about Rain with you. Uh, but before we get to that, let's get to the news. According to TVInsider.com, Tony-winning actress Betty Buckley is joining Supergirl Season 3 as Patricia Arias, the adoptive mother of villain-in-the-making Samantha, played by Odette Annable. The CW describes the two Arias or Arias women as having been estranged since Sam became a teen mom and, quote, their relationship is made all the more complex by the secrets Patricia holds, unquote. Dun, dun, dun. Given that Sam is actually Rain, the genetically designed world-killing weapon that first appeared in season two's finale, being sent to Earth by a cabal of hooded Kryptonians before the planet exploded. Oh, yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? That was a thing. That was a thing. <laughs> Uh, it's highly possible that one of those secrets the honest but stubborn Patricia is sitting on includes the still unaware Sam's otherworldly and lethal origins. Wow. So this uh, this seems like a big mystery. Uh, John, what do you think about this news about Rain being adopted and growing up on Earth? And a teen mom who is, I would guess, a little bit older along now. Wow, this there's there's a lot going on with this. I'm curious to see where this goes because, you know, Rain has basically one one story in the comics which we talk about, and how they're going to bring elements of that into this story that they're telling. It's it's highly intriguing. I don't know Betty Buckley. Um, I have seen um, Annabelle in House, and in um, there's one other thing that I saw. She was, I was like, oh yeah, that was her. She was. Um, Oh, she was one of the people in Cloverfield. So I've seen her there. But yeah, this will be this, this will be fun. Morgan, do you have any thoughts on this casting and, and bringing Betty Buckley in? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm a little bit familiar with her from some of her stage work. Um, and then also familiar with her when she was on, uh, I think she played Hannah's grandmother on Pretty Little Liars. Um, but she's she's really great. So I'm excited. Um to have her on the show. Yeah, I don't know much about her. I'm trying to I'm going through her IMDb right now trying to see if I know of her. She she goes uh quite quite the way back for TV. She's got some LA law credits and uh let's see what else. Oh, she was in the original Carrie. Was she the Yes. sympathetic mm-hmm. teacher on Carrie? She did play a character named Miss Collins. In Carrie from 1976. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so Betty Buckley seems to have some stage, some small screen, and some big screen credits. So uh, I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. She she seems like she's going to be playing a very intriguing character on uh, season three of Supergirl. 
Well, I think that's going to do it for the news for this episode. So let's just dive right in. Uh, We're going to be doing a character spotlight on Rain because Rain will be making an appearance in the third season of Supergirl. So for this episode of the podcast, we are going to learn more about her character and John is going to help us do that. And uh, uh, really, like John said, the best place to do that is through her appearance in the comics because uh, her Supergirl incarnation is going to be the first live action portrayal and she hasn't been in any of the animated stuff so the comics is where we will find her so just a few facts before we get uh digging into her character the creation credits go to michael green mike johnson and mahmoud azrar i think is how you say that name azrar her first appearance was supergirl volume six number five from march 2012 her affiliations, uh, the the group that she is most known to be hanging out with, uh, is called the World Killers. Her powers involve alien physiology, superhuman strength, speed, stamina, and invulnerability. And she can fly, which is pretty handy. And her abilities, she is uh, really good with a sword. She carries around a sword that has like a hook on the end of it, which is really cool and very massive. By the way, it's a bi- it's a big ginormous sword. Yeah, think of like the Final Fantasy VII sword. That's that's how big this sword is. Yeah, it's a big sword. Uh, so she's good with a sword. She is uh, good with hand to hand combat, and she is described as a tactical leader. So she is a, a leader of the world killers. So John, let's dig into her appearance in, in the new Fifty Two. But I think for our listeners uh, who don't know, we should probably lay down what the new 52 actually was and why it was needed. Yeah. So if your experience with comics is limited to maybe just the last handful of years or, or less than that, then you might not know about the whole new 52 thing. So DC Comics is different from some of the other comics companies out there in that um, they've been around, you know, since 1938 a handful of their really minor characters go back even farther back than that and so the rules for their characters and sort of the continuity concepts have tend to morph and transform over time and in recent decades there have been some major events to sort of say hey guess what we're going to change the rules here and here's like a cosmological level event (laughs) to explain why that is um so 2011 Um, there was an event called Flashpoint where Flash changed history. And that resulted in a new timeline for the DC Comics characters. Some of your characters, their most recent events were basically still pretty much the same. Maybe some of their origins had changed or their backgrounds and histories and relationships had changed, but they wanted to kind of keep things going basically the same. And those are like Batman and Green Lantern because those were really big at the time. But most of your characters got completely new origins completely new versions of the character and they called it the new 52 because dc has had a relationship with the number 52 for probably 10 or 15 years now um they just like that number and so at the at least at the beginning of this publishing initiative they were putting out 52 monthly series and all 52 series got a new number one in september 2011 So DC had never done anything like that before. They had never restarted all of their comic series from a theoretically ground level, new reader accessible point and built up from there. Um, What happened with Supergirl is, well, if you've listened to this podcast for a while or you've read comics with Supergirl, her history has always been kind of in a a state of transition and, and flux. But a brand new Supergirl was introduced in 2011 and she lands on Earth. She's in Siberia. She doesn't know where she is or why she's there. And over the course of her first half dozen or so issues, um, she gets to know the planet Earth slightly. She grabs, she, she discovers in her pod this cracked red cylindrical crystal called a sunstone. And she's like, oh, sunstone, Kryptonian technology. I want to go to Krypton. I wonder if I... I know I have these powers. Could I just, can I just fly there? So she just flies up and keeps on going and doesn't stop. (laughs) And she um, ends up catching a portal along the way. And she discovers floating in space, 
um, a Kryptonian city called Argo City, where she grew up, and that is where she meets Rain. Uh, they they seem to have a little bit of a, a, a common thing there that they're they're both trying to figure out some things about their past. So since we're talking about Rain's past, uh, John, will you go into Rain's backstory? What, what she talks about when she she meets Supergirl? Okay, so Rain and her fellow world killers are sort of camping out near Earth, keeping an eye on Earth, because they've noticed that there are Kryptonians on Earth, and they are also from Krypton. And they, they've seen Kal-El, they've seen Kara, they've probably, although they don't specify it, they've probably seen Krypto. Um, <laughs> the most important one. <laughs> the most important um, one. At this point, there's a um, clone of Superman's future son because Superboy's past is crazy. Um, so he's around. So Rain has gotten it in her mind that Earth must be important. There must be something about Earth that draws Kryptonians. So she's camping out with her world killers in space near Earth and they see Kara leave. So they follow her. They watch her go through the portal and they're able to kind of, you know, go around her and be at Argo City when she gets there. So Rikara finds Argo City floating around a blue star. She's like, oh my gosh, why is there a city, my home city, in a bubble floating in space? And Rain says, hey, you're from Krypton. I'm from Krypton. Let's talk. So Rain was created by Kara's father. Zor-El was a scientist, like his brother Jor, um, Zor-El was always kind of the lesser known. He kind of comes off as a bit of a, I don't know if mad scientist is the right word, because he doesn't come off as being mad or insane, but the impression you get when you're reading is that he kind of dabbles in the fringes of science, and he may be a bit of a crap person as far <laughs> as his scientific morals and ethics go. So, because what he did is, in Kryptonian mythology, there are these, and the book doesn't go into a whole lot of detail on this, but there's this mythological concept of world killers, beings of immense power and ability. And at some point, Zorel's like, hey, I want to recreate those. And he makes He's like a solid plan. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's just like, I've got some large tubes full of liquid that people can grow in. I'm going to grow some world killers. That doesn't so, everyone have that like in the ha- just lying around in the house. Right. <laughs> so, um at some point after Krypton exploded because when Krypton exploded in this version of Supergirl's history, Zor launched Kara in a pod just before Krypton exploded. Then he erected his bubble of force field around Argo City. So that whenever Krypton exploded, Argo City continued to survive. However, because of, if, if you know the story of Argo City, the, the ground in Argo City eventually turns to kryptonite and it gets radiation poisoning to all the people. Eventually, all of Argo City dies. So Rain and her fellow world killers wake up in these tubes like, dude, and they bust out. And um, Krypton is dead. Everyone in Argo City is dead. And so they're going to go try to figure out what's going on. There's some interesting stuff going on here. Um, the two writers... Johnson and Green, the two mics. Uh, they had a four-year plan of stories for Supergirl. And so they lay some mysteries about Rain in this story that might that that hint at a stronger connection between her and Supergirl that I'm about to illuminate in a second. But one of the mics left the book after 12 issues, and the other mic left the book after issue 19. So their four-year plan of unfolding mysteries never came about. But what happens over the course of the story is that Rain says, by the way, Kara, there was another pod. We are four world killers. There was another world killer pod, and it was broken whenever we woke up. She also says only a world killer can defeat another world killer. And guess who defeats the world killers in the story? Supergirl. Supergirl. Right. There's something interesting in there uh, because Rain says that there are five of them. And Supergirl is like, well, who is the fifth? Because we meet four world killers. So it does seem like it's suggesting that Supergirl is a world killer like they are. Which 
makes me think that Zoro really was some kind of weird mad scientist who was doing some really devious things that I don't much care for. Yeah, flash forward just a little bit to the issue zero, because after a year of New 52, DC decided to do special zero month where everyone got an origin story. So flash forward if he wants to issue zero, and you get Supergirl's days leading up to her being launched from Krypton. And Zorel puts Supergirl in one of those tube containers and does science on her mm, and lies to her about the it. tubes. Yeah. <laughs> don't trust those tubes. <laughs> we don't know what the science is. I guess it would have been later revealed and developed by the, by the mics, but it never happened. But the implication by the fact that Zorel made the world killers, Zorel was doing science on Kara. There's a missing world killer and Supergirl defeats the world killers. The implication is that there's something up with Kara that she may, whatever it is that makes a world killer, whatever it is that defines that, might also be in Kara. We just never got to see that developed, unfortunately. But as far as Rain goes, Rain is the leader of the world killers. She wants to find out her past. She wants to find out the Kryptonians' links to Earth. Um, she implies to know more about Zorel than Kara does. And um, a lot of mystery that we are kind of left wondering about at the end. So Rain and Supergirl do a lot of talking, but they also do a lot of fighting. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> uh, John, uh, would you talk about the relationship and the dynamic between Rain and Supergirl? Yeah, she, when she first meets Supergirl, she is basically kind of like wondering what kind of person Supergirl is. And whenever she basically introduces and says some stuff about her, Supergirl kind of freaks out a bit. And if I recall, a lot of the freak out is just kind of on the notion of the character of her father and how dare you say mean things about him. Um, so at this point in Supergirl's history, she is very much a firecracker. Um, it does not take a lot to set off her anger because she just woke up in Siberia a couple days after <laughs> being a teenager on Krypton and getting ready to go to the trials and being admitted to the Krypton Science Academy or whatever it's called. Um, she's wearing her Supergirl costume because she is trying on for the first time adult formal wear on Krypton and her dad's given it to her and she's wearing it whenever he sedates her and puts her in the pod to launch her away. So she is literally on the cusp of becoming an adult when suddenly she's in Siberia on another planet. So she's not exactly happy right now. Whenever she encounters Rain and Rain says some stuff to set her off, she does not respond kindly. And whenever Rain decides to go to Earth and just take it over because she's a world killer and I guess that's what they do, Kara's like, no, I've got to stop them. I can't work with them. Um, and they, they fight. But essentially their dynamic is, I know stuff about your dad. Uh-uh, it's not true. Oh, yes, it is. Uh-uh, punchy, punchy, fight, fight. <laughs> yeah, and I one of my favorite couple of panels in The Last Daughter of Krypton, I have The Last Daughter of Krypton Volume 1 from the New 52, and there's... Uh, so they're, they're, they're fighting and Rain is like, Hey, come, you know, come join me on the dark side. Basically. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but she, <laughs> she is trying to get her to come on their side and, and Kara doesn't want to do it. And so Rain takes her ginormous sword and sticks it through Kara's costume. I think, I don't know if it goes through Bo oh, it body, but it, like, yeah, it pins her to the wall, and that's actually a, it's it's a it's a very uh, creepy image, but it's also it's it's also kind of a unique one. I think I, I don't see that much uh, in comics, especially with Supergirl comics. But um, she's so mad that she pins her to the wall and leaves her there. So it looks like she has stabbed her the sword through the shoulder of the cape. So it's right by the neck, right by the shoulder. Not quite, but not, not actually piercing her body. And I believe that's on Argo. And so Kara has to get out of that situation and, and go find Rain. And Rain goes to New York City and roughs it up. She, she, the, she gets to New York City and is like, 
where are all of your police officers and people in charge? Come bring them to me so that I can get rid of them first. So Rain means business. When she when she claims to be a world killer and she is uh, somebody who is bred for uh, destruction and slaughter and she's uh, born to conquer, she means business when she comes to New York City. So Supergirl has to save New York City from Rain's wrath. And Rain brings her buddies the world killers to the scene because she, they're going to help uh, her take care of business. So John, will you uh, teach us a little bit about the world killers? Who, who are they? Um, the, the diff- there are uh, three other ones aside from rain. So uh, will you talk about those guys and, and sort of who, what their names are, what their strengths and abilities are? And, and uh, even describe, I, I would love it if you would describe for our listeners what they look like. Okay, the first one is DMX. And he is like a really big bruiser guy who has like a a saber-toothed tiger face. (laughs) And um, Peter Parker's emo haircut from Spider-Man 3. Yes. Oh, my God. I was like, please, please describe the emo hair because it's a lot. It's a lot Um, of look. It could also be described as a mohawk that has just limped forward over your face. Because <laughs> um, it seems like it's only on part of his head. A um, mohawk that has just kind of given up. Right. <laughs> Be- beaten it's, down by life. It's an e mohawk, all right? <laughs> nice. Uh, so he's basically a big bruiser. He's got the cat claws. He's super strong. Um, he's basically invulnerable. Um, he's really great at tearing stuff up. You have a character named Perilous who is green, looks like she. There's some secondary female characteristics there that I'm just now realizing. So she is reptilian and bird-like, which I guess, you know, she reminds me of. She reminds me of some more modern concepts of what a velociraptor would look like. Yes. With the the face from Jurassic Park, but also feathers. (laughs) Um, And her arms are tendrils. Um, that seem to leap out and wrap around things like Liana's. She's got some sort of like rib cage corset thing going on with a spine up the front. Anyways, um, she does poison. Um, her both her Liana's and her fangs ha- uh, can do poison and virus generation. Her specialty is in killing people on the world. So if you have world killers. You have DMX who can tear up the landscape. Perilous is going to kill all your populace. Rain is going to tell them what to do because, you know, she's in charge. And the last of the four is Flower of Heaven. She's kind of... nice. (laughs) It does seem really nice until she starts shooting energy at you. Oh, that's Um, a bummer. That's a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) She's got these really pretty energy wings... And her design, I can't tell if that's a helmet or her head, but it's sort of a insectile head with like the antennae coming up. And she's her colors are like white and lavender and, and gray. So she has a very nice wispy look to her. But she manipulates energy. So she's going to like overload planetary systems. Um, so really between these four, they really can kill a world given enough time and effort. And Supergirl has to fight all four of them at once in town. And, you know, she busts out her heat vision. So that is helpful. Um, They throw her through some buildings. And really it just comes down to her and Rain facing off. And once she's able to take Rain down, which, okay, there might be a way out of the only a world killer can destroy a world killer. And since... Supergirl stops them. She must be a world killer. Because the way she does it is she grabs Perilous's Lianas, like the, the, the venomous Lianas, and stabs them into the big saber-tooth emo DMX guy. So that, like, takes her down. And at that point, Rain's like, okay, you know what? You know what? You actually just hurt one of my girls. So we're going to stop. <laughs> Squad and, out. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, you know, she's hurt. Get her back to the ship. And, um, Kara, you win. I really want to help, like, you know, discover our past together. But if you don't want to, 
And then she teases about the whole five world killers thing and says, so you just think about that. And she leaves. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty intense fight. There's a lot of slinging people around into buildings, into concrete. Uh, there's there's a lot going on in the in in that fight with the world killers. Uh, Morgan, I was really curious. Uh, what do you think about the designs of the world killers, and particularly? Rain and her costume. Once again, I feel like gravity <laughs> does not apply to these outfits. There's just like so much happening here in that there's so little happening <laughs> in her costume. It's kind of like she's just like in a strapless bathing suit and she's like, yeah, that seems right. <laughs> I like the pants. I like the, the gloves that Rain has. I think even like the red hair is pretty cool, uh, but yeah, some some of the the, the top bits uh, <laughs> seem like she could be maybe covered up a little more. I like her big shoulder thing. Like I don't know what that is or what it's for, but I like it. I wonder if that's sort of like old medieval armor. It looks like it. That's a good. That's a good look. Yeah, only one. <laughs> only Just one. Like, I would she... wear a gauntlet and shoulder pad on one side. She definitely has a preference for one side of her body. <laughs> She's only really protecting that, like, that right side. She doesn't really care about the left. <laughs> well, I've seen pictures, and even uh, when I've gone to, like, Renaissance fairs, <laughs> uh, because those are fun, the knights or the people with the armors would only have, like, one side of them with the extra armor. I don't know why they did that. I don't know if that was some something related to jousting or something i don't know but i think somebody if somebody is uh an expert in medieval armor please uh email supergirlradio@gmail.com and let us know why that is or if that is even an accurate thing to say but i think that there that's based off of medieval armor that they would only have one side per, you know overprotected like that just one thought if her body has a degree of invulnerability then maybe those are actually offensive armor to give her a, a, a more bludgeoning attack. Ooh, that's a good point. Because if she's got invulnerability, why does she need armor? So that would make sense. Maybe that's part of her tactical sensibilities that she she knows that she needs to go on the offensive sometimes. That's a good point. Um, Morgan, do you have any other thoughts about the other world killers that, that we get to meet? Let's see. Let's look at their outfits. <laughs> this is fashion corner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're all just really interesting looking. I think the, uh, I, I want to get a better look at, uh, uh, my girl flower for, uh, of heaven, uh, <laughs> who sounds like her parents were like hardcore hippies. Um, <laughs> but she, in this picture that we have is, is just kind of floating up in the air. Like, I guess that's what I would do too. I'd just be like hanging out up there, just floating away. But yeah, there's a, with DMX is, uh, is our, uh, Peter Parker haired, uh, saber tooth tiger guy uh, has just sort of like some basic shield armor going on. Then we've got sort of the uh, the the weirdly sexy like dinosaur face lizard woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that makes me feel at all. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> I will say, Flower of Heaven. I probably should have given you some panels that were a little closer in. <laughs> Because there's some, I don't know how you feel about this, John, but Flower of Heaven is pretty scary when you get up close. Yeah, I was, I was flipping through and the um, those gray bits around her, it's almost like there's a hand behind her. It's like reaching claws around her oh. body. So all of those little gray uh, bits you see are actually like claws, claw ribs that go down her sides and one over her shoulder and... And she's wearing a helmet that, like, it it has a cavity in the front that's shaped like Magneto stuff, and an antennae like an like a I, I don't know. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty scary look. I googled it because I, I like now I need to know more. <laughs> um, and and I will say if you 
if you Google Flower of Heaven, it, it like automatically puts in DC. So I was like, great. But then if you scroll down past like I would say the first row of images, you're just gonna get a lot of flowers, is what I'm <laughs> discovering. <laughs> a lot of flowers, a lot of branches. Uh, but it's kind of interesting because like if I'm looking at her and like sort of the the kind of the rib cage look to the the uh her design and then you kind of scroll down to some of these uh, some of these tree leaves that I'm looking at <laughs> it's it's a little similar actually so I'm going to go with saying somebody googled like scary looking flowers and then just was like let's go with it yeah I, I would love to know more about the, the creation of the world killers and why they named them what they did because flower of heaven is is one of the the characters that I'm like, I don't know if this one fits the right name and the right design. I, don't, <laughs> I would, I would love to know why they they went with that because it's definitely a, an odd choice. But uh, it is, it is a very scary character who gives Supergirl a lot of trouble. So uh, that is our introduction to the World Killers. And if you want to know more about this story in particular, uh, Supergirl Radio has uh, an episode on this in season zero. I talked about it with. Teresa Giacino, shout out to old school Supergirl Radio, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Teresa Giacino. So we talked about this story in full. So if you would like to know more about that, you can do that. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up with our comic discussion. John, are there any other thoughts uh, before we move on? Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the New 52 and uh, Rain in the World Killers? It's interesting that they're bringing this character in because there's so little established for certain about her, but there's a lot of hint in the comics that there was more to be done with developing a past for the character connections with both Kara and her father. And since, you know, season two ended with this character getting launched toward earth, you know, it's obvious that this is the story hook going into the next season. So they probably have a lot of things planned to develop that story. I would like to see them start playing with the idea of Kara's parents from Krypton. And maybe this will sort of lead toward that. Because there's a lot that's there. Uh, if you have New 52 Zorel, he has made lots of interesting life choices <laughs> since Don's explosion. This is a man who thought working with Brainiac would be a good idea. And he sort of ended up a cyborg as a result. Um, Whoops. And, and then there's other stuff from previous incarnations of Supergirl, like Zorel and Allura, you know, still being alive and they can play with that idea. So I like the idea. And I have no idea this is going to happen, but I like the idea of bringing in Rain as a gateway character slash plot device to explore the pasts, linking back to Krypton, linking back to Kara's father and mother. I like that, too. I always feel bad for Zor-El because he, he always seems to get murdered <laughs> in a lot of these stories. Just can't catch a break. <laughs> Zor-El can't catch a break. He's either murdered or he's some sort of crazy scientist. So I feel like Zorel gets a really bad rap. Uh, so I wonder if they if they did something like that, would they keep him a, a bit of a shady character, or would they try to redeem him somehow? Uh, but I, I I think that in my reading of Supergirl, I, I seem to get more information about Allura and about Kara's mother than I do about Zorel. At least in, in a positive way. There's usually more. Well, even with uh, Sterling Gates's run, uh, Allura was not the greatest. She was a little bit of a, a, a not a nice lady. Is is the nicest way I can say that. It's interesting how Cal's parents always get you know deified and. Kara's parents are often questionable people. Yeah, that's a good point. That that does seem to be the case. So uh, I, I don't know how I would feel about it if if Kara did come to the realization that her father wasn't who she thought he was. But at the same time, Kara also has had those questions about her mother on the show. Uh, so I, I don't guess it would be, uh, I guess it would double down on Kara having two awful parents uh, but that could be the case. They could link Zorel to Rain on the TV show. So we'll have to see if they use some of the the backstory that were given in the New Fifty Two uh, and see if they bring that to the small screen. Well, and I think that's a good segue to bring us to the TV show. So we're going to talk about Rain on Supergirl. Uh, so in season three, we will be introduced to Rain, played by Odette Annable. 
Odette described Rain as a villain with, quote, a very specific agenda. She doesn't want to just rule the Earth. She has her own reasons for dispensing her justice, which will be revealed throughout the season, unquote. Uh, and in an Entertainment Weekly article about Rain, they described the character as a bioengineered weapon. But Supergirl executive producer Andrew Kreisberg emphasized her humanity. He explained, when we, when we meet Rain, she's just a woman. Her name is Samantha Arias, and she's a single mom. She has no idea that she is Rain. She has no idea that she was the baby in the pod at the end of last season. So the journey that she takes this season is watching her realize her heritage and how it manifests. And according to TVInsider.com, Rain will be breaking the Arrow versus Evil mold, as they put it. Uh, Andrew Kreisberg clarified that, quote, One thing we've never done on Arrow or The Flash is watch the villain become the villain. Sam is just Sam. It's a fun, dark mirror version of the journey Christopher Reeve took in the original Superman as Clark, unquote. And TVInsider.com also reports that Sam will develop connections with Supergirl's core characters which will cause friction down the road. Andrew Kreisberg explains that everyone will have a relationship with her, and that will drive much of the season in terms of how far they're willing to go to stop her when she becomes Rain. Some will believe she needs to be saved. Others will think she needs to be stopped. So, John, now that we've sort of gone over everything we know about Rain in Season 3, what, what do you think about the TV version that we're uh, going to be introduced to? You know, the few elements that we have, a lot of them are here. Mysterious past, doesn't realize what she is. Uh, she, you know, in the comics, Rain woke up on Krypton not knowing what her past was here. She's a human with no idea of her having an alien past. And so that's going to eventually come to light. Um, I almost feel like they've told us more about the different relationships than I want them to. Um, but that's fine. You know, it's, it's still all basic stuff. We get to watch the drama play out. Um, the idea of her having a human existence, an extensive human existence, including a child, that's interesting. I feel like the fact that she's bioengineered and that she has a child, um, th th that's going to have some implications. You know, children take on the traits of their parents. Mm. So there, there might be stuff going on with that later on. I don't know. They, they've definitely come up with an interesting hook. I am curious to see where it goes. They've taken someone who has almost, you know, very little going on in the comics and they've decided to do a season long story arc with her. So they have a lot of room to play and still claim they're true to the comics. Yeah, the daughter aspect of this character description really surprised me. I, w I was not expecting that at all. And uh, I, I think the question that you bring up about her having that humanity to her where she has a child brings up the question, who's the father? Like, I want to be Maury Povich up in here and be <laughs> like, who is the father? Uh, so I'm very curious about that now, because if you think about Rain as a, a Kryptonian bioengineered weapon, it is interesting that she does have a daughter. And would that daughter take on those those characteristics from her mother? So that is definitely an interesting uh, way to go about it. Spoiler alert, it's Zorel. Oh! Tag, hashtag creepy spoilers. Oh, <laughs> Zorel, he's always letting me down. Zorel. Every time I learn more about Zorel, I'm like, ugh. You're the worst. Buddy, like, just like choose better. <laughs> choose better things. <laughs> you need to improve Zorel. He, he is a bad choice bear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Morgan, what what do you get out of uh, all of these these descriptions? What, what's really sticking out to you? What really stuck out to me was when they said that they're going to do something different than they've done in like some of the other shows and you're going to watch the villain become the villain. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Smallville when uh, I can't remember what season. I think it was season eight. It was pretty deep into Smallville uh, when you uh, with the whole like Davis Bloom like doomsday storyline where you sort of watch somebody like kind of go out of control over the course of a season and then they have like similar conversations where it's like should should how do we save him should we try to save him should we just stop him so i think that that could be really interesting because i think that smallville um in their smallville way did a pretty <laughs> good job with it uh up until the end um but 
you know, it wouldn't be Smallville if they didn't mess something up. <laughs> but um, I think that there's a there's definitely a, uh, like an intriguing thing where she's going to become, I guess, kind of kind of part of the group dynamic. It sounds like she's going to become buds with everybody or at least have relationships with the with the core cast members. And so when she starts to go bad, I think that they're all going to have uh, different ways of, of dealing th- with that. And that'll be an interesting to see. I think it'll be a good source of conflict without being too, like, over the top. I'm curious as to who will think that Rain needs to be saved and who who thinks Rain needs to be stopped. M- my obvious guesses would be that Supergirl thinks she can be saved, and Alex is like, look, she's a world killer. We can't deal with this. So those are my obvious guesses, uh, but I, I would be in- intrigued if maybe my guesses or somehow flipped, or, you know, some something happened where I didn't expect someone's reaction. I'm, I'm curious to see how that will go. Um, and yeah, I think the Smallville Davis Bloom comparison, I think is a fair one. I was trying to think because I was like, well, didn't we sort of see the reverse Flash be the reverse, like, wasn't he a season-long thing in season one of The Flash? But Technically, he already was reverse Flash when we met him. Yeah, we just yeah. knew more about him as things went along. It was a slow reveal, but he was already evil. Yeah, so I think that actually is true that this is the first time that we've seen something like that in the Arrowverse. Uh, so there's that. But I, I was really confused about the the whole comment that uh, that Rain's storyline would be a fun dark mirror of the journey Christopher Reeve took in the original Superman movie. I was like, I don't understand what that means. Cause I was trying to think about, cause in that movie, he's a kid going to high school and then his dad dies. And then he goes to the Arctic and becomes Superman. It's not much of a journey. It really isn't. Yeah. That's, that's not a great compare. I think he might be remembering feelings more than the actual movie. Yeah. So that, that was the only thing I was really confused about, but we've got some good details about rain. Uh, I, Almost wish I'd, I didn't know some of these details. Maybe they could have saved <laughs> saved them for the show. Uh, but I always have that qualm with the CW. You're always telling me too much, CW. You can hold back. Uh, but so these are some intriguing uh, tidbits that we've gotten about Rain that we'll have to, to learn more about when the season progresses. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for our character spotlight on Rain. A lot of good Rain talk. I don't think we really hit it with the Rain puns. I didn't want to rain them down. I thought it might rain on your parade. You might have to rain me in. Oh, um, snap. <laughs> That's a good way to wrap it up. I was glad, I was glad somebody came to the table. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for our character spotlight on rain. So uh, before we wrap up, though, we do have some listener feedback. So I wanted to get to that. So our, our friend Mike Zumo over at the Man of Screen podcast left us a comment on Facebook uh, on our size spotlight that we did to inform us that Earth X Superman is called Overman. And uh, this is something that I think I knew in the back of my brain, but totally forgot because Overman is not a character who pops up very much. Uh, so I, it was funny because I, after Morgan, after we talked about the DC crossover stuff and whether or not Earth X was going to be pronounced Earth X or Earth 10, <laughs> I went to YouTube to try to look it up to see what other people were, were saying and how other people were pronouncing it. And I watched a video that Jason Inman and uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson had done. And they sort of had that same conversation <laughs> where I think Jason was like, it's Earth X, but Ashley was was pointing out that the the Earths are are done by the numbers, so it would make sense to call it Earth Ten. So they, it was funny they had that same kind of conversation, but then they had mentioned Overman as well, and so that that sort of also kicked my brain with Overman. So if anybody was curious about Overgirl and how she related to everything, that is a tie to Overman. And so if you're curious about who Overman is, according to the DC Wiki. Uh, Overman is an alternate universe super version of Superman who landed in Sudetenland uh, instead of Kansas and became the champion of the Fourth Reich. With Kryptonian technology, Adolf Hitler was able to win World War II and conquer the planet. As such, Overman was really only opposed by the Freedom Fighters. And uh, 
if you were curious about Overgirl, uh, because I was, because I didn't realize Overgirl was actually a character in the comics. I thought Overgirl initially was just an homage to Overman, but Overgirl is indeed in the comics. According to the DC Wiki, Overgirl was a human girl from a parallel Earth where the Nazis won the Second World War. She was given genetic material from Overman and gained superpowers. Overman came to regard her as a cousin. How about that? Uh, she fell into something called the bleed during the final crisis and landed on New Earth within easy distance of the question. Close to death, she was immediately found by the forces of Shade and taken to Checkmate headquarters for further analysis. Uh, so a lot of stuff that I don't understand in that description, <laughs> but I think the basic thing that we need to know there is that she she's a little bit different from Supergirl as we know her uh, Overgirl is a human girl from a parallel Earth, um, and uh, Superman did consider her a cousin, though. So that's good to know. And if you're curious about reading more of her, uh, her first appearance was in Final Crisis number three from September 2008. So a little bit of a sad story there uh, with her being close to death. I, she might have died. I don't know. I'll have to read that story because I don't know. Uh, some One website I found said she died, and one said she was just close to death. So either way, not great for, for Overgirl. Had a tough time. Not looking good. Not looking good for Overgirl. I do want to throw out the, the linguistic person in me is, is wants to point out that Supergirl and Overgirl are linguistically related by way of the word Uber in German. Oh. So Super goes, it comes from Uber and Over comes from Uber. Um, and so if you have this idea of Super people... In Germany, uh, they might have been Ubermensch and Uber, whatever this been, uh, Frau, I guess, in Germany, and therefore called Overman and Overgirl in English. So that's just that's where the name comes. If you're if you're out there wondering why Overman, it's related to the word super. Mm. This is why we have you on the podcast, John. This is why we bring you on. That's good stuff. That is. So the, my inner nerd is shining through it in bright colors right now. Well, uh, I thank you for your inner nerd uh, sharing your, your information and your knowledge. That is good to know. And also thanks to Mike Zumo for pointing that out to us. Thanks for that correction. Just wanted to get that out there because on our side spotlight, we didn't know that. So now we do. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for all of this episode, our character spotlight, our feedback. Thanks, uh, John, for coming on Supergirl Radio and uh, sharing your knowledge. Uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Um, I tweet uh, prolifically about the comics that I'm reading over at John Reads Comics. There is no H in John Reads Comics. Um, and you can follow me there. Uh, I, I just tweet about the comics that I'm reading, funny panels and covers and such. And I do lots of podcast uh, guest appearances. I, I used to run several shows. I don't do that so much anymore. Um, most recently was also with Rebecca over at Trentus Magnus Punches Reality, where we talked about Batman v Superman for five hours. It was so fantastic. It was good. That's out there. And I like to I like to talk about comics. So I show up every now and then at different random places. Yeah, John is always a really good guest and uh, always happy to have you on Supergirl Radio. Uh, so uh, thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are also on Google Play and iHeartRadio. We have a playlist over on Spotify, so you can check that out. We've got a bunch of Supergirl jams, songs about Supergirls, songs from the Supergirl TV show. Uh, so definitely check that out. And we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. And we're on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we're part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, classic DC TV shows, <laughs> and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Titans shows, you yeah, you can even subscribe. <laughs> 
subscribe to uh, DCTV Podcast on iTunes and follow at DCTV Podcast on Twitter. And also, you can like DCTV Podcast on Facebook. Yay! Yay! Really, we should just say subscribe to the mega feed. Just do the mega feed. Just do that thing, people. <laughs> Don't make me say it. <laughs> hey, y- y- y'all should put a good word for me with those Krypton people. I want to go. Be- I want to go talk to them about Superman too. Oh, I can definitely, definitely put in a word uh, with the Krypton podcast. We will definitely do that. Um, so yeah, we've got a bunch of shows coming up that are going to be premiering, uh, having season premieres and also series premieres. Uh, so definitely be subscribing to the podcast or, or subscribe to the mega feed and get all the podcasts in one podcast feed. So that's very exciting. Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Derby kid. That's at D E R B Y K I D. And I'm on Instagram at the Derby kid. That's T H E D E R B Y K I D. And I was recently challenged, uh, by a friend of mine to take some black and white photos. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to step up to that challenge and try to put some some hopefully pretty black and white pictures on my Instagram. So if you want to see those, you can follow me there. And you can watch some videos I've shot and edited over at my YouTube channel, which is at youtube.com forward slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And hopefully when I have some time, I'll, I'll be getting some new content up there. But you can watch everything that is available now. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Um, I should be posting some uh, some Riverdale stuff from uh, San Diego Comic Con and some. Oh, what's the other one? Oh, <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow interviews will also be going up from San Diego Comic Con this week on Buddy TV, so you should check that out. Also, hey, if you like Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, sometimes I do a podcast about it, so maybe you should listen to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, Rebecca does, and she doesn't even watch the show, so that's how good it is. That's true. That's true. I don't watch the show, but I listen to the podcast, so I definitely recommend it. Like, I'm not going to tell you, like, if you could only choose one, listen to the podcast. (laughs) I'm just going to say, I mean... That's what Rebecca's doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to say that's that's what some people do. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> just just going to put that out there. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So thank you for sharing the, all that information. Everybody go check out Morgan's stuff. Uh, but until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember that Rain knows so much about the world killers because she is one. <laughs>